0: get your pen and your pad. I have a real teacher, an instructor, a builder, a nurse prac, Victoria Randall, where all her information will be in the description box. So if you happen to miss a step, you can rewind, go there, click on the links I'm gonna talk about, but she will teach you and will mentor you hand in hand, of course, for a fee, how to build a CNA school. Welcome, Victoria, to the platform.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today.
0: I'm happy to have you again, folks. I'm going to let you know um, <laughs> I made just the mistake. I can't even blame technology. So we, we, we did this. It was, I, I loved her energy, everything she said. So I'm going to do my best to do that again, round two. But Victoria, you create entrepreneurs some of them in the healthcare industry, some of them, you know, are just coming out the blue, just want a a business. Mm -hmm. What inspired you to help entrepreneurs build their CNA schools?
1: Man, a number of things. Um, Number one is that Being an entrepreneur is just so liberating. I mean, who wouldn't want to share that experience? (laughs) Um, But number two, you know, I started off personally as a CNA. So I was a CNA well before I became a nurse and well before I became a nurse practitioner. I was a CNA. And so there's something special to me about being a certified nursing assistant and what it does for the soul and all the possibilities that come after. And so um, after starting my my own cna school i wanted to go on to help other people to do the same and so that's what my business now does which is called uh the secret cocktail and it is the secret cocktail because we provide you with the secrets to put together your own cna school so um like i said a number of reasons
0: okay and how many people have you know how many schools have you helped people get and and i want the people and maybe some people have more than one school that you've helped them get so how many you know um participants thus far and how many schools
1: so we're we're still a baby company um i've been in operation for going on three years now so i like to consider that to still be a baby company but in that we've touched uh 50 plus schools And whether that be consulting from beginning to end to get them up and going or kind of coming in after they've made some fumbles or mistakes and trying to fix those mistakes to help them get there. Um, Or sometimes people just call us because they have a CNA school, but they need some strategy consulting because – they weren't aware of how to operate the business. You know what I mean? Sometimes the the idea of having a business looks great. And then when you get into it, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't plan for that. And I didn't think about that. And I didn't, what do I do about this? So we provide strategy consult also. So, um, but yeah, we've touched a number of schools and helped them get up and started in many states. We operate in all 50 states.
0: 50 companies, 50 states. She says a small company. I knew that was... You know, that was on my uh, uh, red flag because she's a nurse prac that stopped doing that not just full time but even part time. I know she does some PRN to keep the license going, yeah. But to stop a nurse prac who, I mean, right now, nurse pracs in New York are cashing out, they're actually putting down payments on the Bentleys.
1: Wow, (laughs) let me tell you, which don't even get me started there, but. Um, I mean, I'm mean, I'm getting those messages now, you know, um, Hey, come out to New York, make 15,000 a week and, um, all of this, you know, but for me, no, that's not where my heart is that my business, I could be pouring into my business so I can make 15,000 in a day, one day, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, but anyway, but yeah, I, I quit my, uh, job as a nurse practitioner, um, it's amazing, too, because I think back, like, when I was a CNA, and this was back in the day now, mind you, okay, but when I, when I first became a CNA, I was getting paid, like, I may, I want to say eight-something an hour. Um, by the time, and I worked as a CNA for nine seven years. By the time I went to nursing school, I was making $12.50, um, and then when I went off to nursing school and became a nurse, then I remember my very first job was $22 an hour, so I was like, balling! you know, I'm making double what I was in CNA. I'm excited now. And, um, and then as a nurse practitioner, my last position I left was 65 an hour, um, which for many people will be like, how could you walk away from that? Um, but for me, my soul, my heart was in my business and I didn't want to treat my business like a side hustle anymore. You know, I wanted to treat my business with all of the energy and the time that it deserved. And when I did that, the amount I got back was unbelievable. So I was very glad that I did that. You know, it was scary at first. Now, don't get me wrong. I was scared to leave my nine to five making that kind of money. I never made that kind of money in my life, you know? And to leave that was a scary thought, but it was one of the best decisions I ever made.
0: And you hear so many times that people, the biggest jumps that they've made have had the biggest paydays. Because as you've mentioned um, previous when we talked, you would never make $15,000 a day, you know, working as a nurse crack, working as a, a doctor, you'd be a surgeon, you're not making $15,000 a day. And that you, you can do that. And that can continue and bubble is amazing. So that leap you just have to do. When did you know you was there a certain dollar amount where you said, Okay, um, if I make this amount of money in the business, I can quit this
1: job uh good question to be honest no what happened was uh you know how like when you know you're supposed to be doing something but you don't do it the universe has a way of making you do it anyway Mm -hmm. so for me I should have been left that job I really should have but I did not because it was my security blanket and I didn't want to leave it and I didn't know anything else other than it Although, you know, previously before beforehand I had been um I had my own CNA school, right? Um but I was still working even part-time, you know, in the midst of that. And so, anyway, needless to say, something finally drove me out of the company where it was kind of like one of those things where okay, either you about to put in your resignation or we going to have to let you go. <laughs> and, and that was a defining moment for me because I was like, "Whoa, hold on. Everything I worked so hard for, everything I've done to get to this point, y'all could just try to like snatch you from me like that. Like, wow. It was just a, a aha moment for me that I didn't want to give anybody that kind of, uh, what, what's the oh. word I want to use? Yeah, th- that kind of power, you know, over me and what I was doing. And mind you, I was ready to leave the company anyway because they were doing things as a nurse that I'm kn- trying to get me to do things as a nurse that I knew weren't right. Mm-hmm. And I've always been the type that will speak up about something that's not right, um, and a lot of times in certain positions they don't like that. So, um, so yeah, I spoke up. They didn't like it, and here I am today.
0: And and building an empire, and and it's it's great. And tell the people, you know, the folks say, okay, I can have a CNA school. It might cost me, you know, um, tens of thousands uh, mm-hmm. to start and and let them know you know what, what's a good starting point money wise but also how they can scale their business up because you're you're limited in you know how many students you can have the time you have to teach them the people that you're getting only have a certain amount of money to pay usually. Mm -hmm. So talk about some of those interesting ways that they can scale up as well as where they need to, you know, start with, because I don't want people coming with you and say, Hey, I got my $1,200 check. Can you turn this 1200 into that 15,000 you were talking about? (laughs) Right.
1: Right. So, of course, I mean, you got to start somewhere, you know, that's number one. So I'll never forget when I first started my CN school. I mean, it wasn't until probably month six until I started seeing a return. So I was working in the red for a minute. And, this you know, that's just the way it is with business. But you have to first have a solid business plan. I can't tell you, at least 90% of my clients, before they got a hold of me, were jumping into this with no business plan. Wow. Right. That's scary. Right. And I literally, I'm not, I'm not making this number up. I poll my clients. I do uh, assessments with them before they even get started. And I do assessments with them at the end. And so 90% weren't even writing or thinking about getting a business plan. So if you don't have a business plan and you don't know, hey, I need 20 students a month to break even or whatever it is, then you just out here willy nilly, you know, just doing something to be doing it. You're not really trying to figure out how to make an impact in income and so the only way you can scale is if you've done that right mm-hmm. so if you already know that okay great now and i all i just want to say that because a lot of people think that's a duh but i'm telling you it's not mm-hmm. it's not a duh um, but once you have mastered that the way to scale because you're right in certain states you can have 10 students per instructor in some states you can have 24 students so that's a big difference right So that income for that owner is going to look different than the other. So you have to scale by saying, okay, well, I'm going to have multiple class offerings. I'll have a day class, an evening class, a weekend class, a part-time class. You have to be creative in your offerings and have more than one. Bring on more than one instructor so that you can teach. You can't sit there and teach four different classes by yourself. So bring instructors in to teach those people so you can bring more money in. That's one way. Another way is always thinking about how you can bring your customer back. And so if I trained a CNA, I need to think about what would a CNA need next? Okay, they're gonna need CPR, first aid, right? They're gonna need that. So I need to offer that because they're already comfortable with me. They've already bought from me. So how can I bring them back? So think about something you can use to bring them back. Another certification maybe. Um, And then the third thing is i um, looking to, like you just said, have more than one location, you know, don't just put all of your, you know, money in one bucket, diversify, try to think about different places that may need a CNA school and start to scale. Of course, as you grow and you've mastered it, now you can take everything you've done in this place and just do it again elsewhere. And so um, I find that a lot of because I happen to work primarily with nurses so I can speak on behalf of that. But I think a lot of nurses, we don't have the business know-how. So everything that I just talked about is something that usually they're like, oh, wow, I didn't think of that. You know? Yeah. It's Just kind of, I want to start this school. It's going to be me, myself, and I, and this is what I'm going to do. Well, yeah, but you're never going to make a big check that way. You know, you're going to float. And nothing's wrong with that if that's what you want to do, if you want to float. But if you want to step back and let a powerhouse do its thing for you, you got to think like that on a bigger scale.
0: And, and what should they start with? How, how much do they need to start with? So when they come to you, well, $1,200 won't get them in the door, will it?
1: <laughs> so that's the question of the hour. Um, I literally have an ongoing webinar about how much money does it take to start a CNA school? Because that is the question that I probably get the most. And I always say the same answer. I don't have an answer for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have an answer for you because what it looks like to start a CNA school in California Mm -hmm. looks very different than what it is to start a CNA school in Georgia on a multitude of levels. And I'm not just talking about, um, you know, cost of living. I'm talking about regulations. Yeah. You know, in one state, there may be three different regulatory bodies that you have to get approval from. That's going to cost you three times the amount that it would in Georgia, where you only have one regulatory body. And that regulatory body is actually free, you don't have to pay here. Yeah. So it varies significantly. But just for the people, I'll throw a few numbers out. Um, I would say if you're trying to ball out, Or if you're trying to ball on a budget, um, you have to be creative. So I've worked with nurses who have literally started a CNA school off of $5,000. Oh, wow. Um, I've had nurse, I've had people hire me and they put $30,000 into it. Um, And not just with me, but with everything that they're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, these numbers I'm talking about really aren't even including me. So it's like, it can cost you some money. It just depends on where you are or if you're very creative, like I was, you can find different ways so that it's not very expensive.
0: And for the person who says, okay, that, okay, 5,000 I got, but um, she can she work with me on a budget? I'm gonna show you why Victoria is worth it. Just on some things she said in this interview, she told you you could get two locations. Now I've seen in your videos, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but you to have a nursing school, you have to have like a, not a nursing home, but you have to have some other place that you can go train at. Now, mm-hmm. if you have two different locations, can they go train at the same place?
1: Right. Good, good point. Um, so every CNA school has to uh, partner with a nursing home in order for students to get their clinical rotations done. And that's a federal requirement. The federal government says you have to have 16 hours of hands-on experience in order to be certified so that would depend on whether or not the nursing home is willing to allow you to bring multiple students to their location from different you know locations that you have Um, but then the next thing is you just brought up a good point there is also instructor to uh, student ratios inside the nursing home that is different than that of inside of your classroom (laughs) <laughs> so, whereas in the classroom, you only need one instructor for 30 students. Now, suddenly in clinical, it's three, to, it's uh, 10 to one. So you would need three instructors uh, in certain states. So there's just, but again, to your point, that's why it's important to have someone like myself to help guide you through that, because how would you even know to think to ask that question? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you said, you happen to know to think about it because you've watched my YouTube channel and I have talked and spoke about these things and raised awareness that these are things you need to know and be thinking about. But New York is different than Virginia, is different than Wisconsin. And so you have to work with someone that understands all these little small details that are different everywhere.
0: Yes, and and especially if you're new to business, folks. I play with business like I used to play with toys. And as soon as I put the toys down, the business was okay. And it, but it started at a young age. But I also saw my grandmother and heard the stories of things she had and saw the businesses. You know, the simple things like a daycare. But she, she, we, we grew up just wanting to hustle and mm-hmm. wanting to, you know, not be told what to do and how to do it. So you have to find out, you know, how. And I don't want that. You can cut my lights off at any time or the Corona can cut my lights off. So you want to have multiple things. So you need a Victoria Randall because you're going to save tens of thousands, if not six figures to do this. I mean, I I still pay for coaching on things Mm -hmm. because I want your experience and it's the reason, kind of, why we have these conversations. But that's something <laughs> down the line. Um, <laughs> so it's um, so no, that's that's amazing. Can you talk about though? You know, also in the scale, the different services that you can offer. Uh, you said something about you know the phlebotomy, and and talk about that because that was something that was not even in my head that you could teach multiple services to the same student. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. So the other thing, yeah, because we talked about that last time. So another thing is, um, like I said, what else would your student potentially want? Well, you got to remember that the CNA um, is a certification. And so you can pal certifications on top of certifications, so that that student can uh, have flexibility in where they're going to work. And uh, an example of an add on to that would be phlebotomy or medication aid and things like that. So, um, those are things you would want to add to your course catalog. You want to add on different offerings because again, you want repeat customers. And I mean, some students may not repeat, but you're going to get new ones because you have different offerings. So a lot of people will start off with a CNA school and that's a good move, but I always encourage them, although it's not necessarily a service that we offer, I still do encourage them. Hey, you might want to think about adding multiple um, programs so that you can maximize your money earning potential.
0: And with money earning potential, and we we talked about this last time too, how folks would get your services and then try to just rebrand them with their headline. So Mm -hmm. I'm really praying we see the franchise come about so you can get a piece of all these schools because one thing that we had said was they're gonna pay somebody to yeah. open these schools and, you know, you have to have staff. Why not you? Why not when you break bread with someone one time, it'd be the same person over and over. So yeah, when you yeah. guys see the secret cocktail franchise, don't be shocked. You know, <laughs> just, just roll with it. Cause you know, at some point you're going to have to build a team if you really want this dream to come about. And and with the team, you know, uh, you've you've done t- tours. Talk about your tours and the purpose of those and the requirements of those tours. How many people do you need the church to hit you up right now and say, "Hey, we have this many people. Can you train us? We, we're interested."
1: <laughs> so starting last year, um, after my first year. First of all, my YouTube channel blew up. My YouTube channel blew up, did really well. And that's probably where like 75% of my referrals come from is through YouTube. Um, So once my YouTube presence was established and the company blew up, um, I mean, I was getting calls from everywhere to come there. And, you know, like you said, I can't just go fly out for one person. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But once I put a filler out to my community and I started realizing that, yeah, other people wanted it too. They just didn't ask because they didn't know if I would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, once I put the filler on, I realized that that's what was wanted, I spent the last year traveling, uh, going from state to state, doing three-day seminars, walking people step-by-step through how to start a CNA school. And actually, I'm headed, I was supposed to be headed to Texas next month. Uh, there was a CNA school I helped out there who is actually now celebrating their one-year anniversary next month. Um, so I was going to go out and celebrate with them as well as hold a seminar while I was there. But unfortunately, we know what's going on now. So um, but
0: I'm I'm gonna tell you like like before, your governor said you can go do whatever you want to go do. <laughs> so <laughs> and you you're in Georgia, you, you can go do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do.
1: Yeah, well I have medical knowledge, so I know better than to do whatever whatever they talk about. So um, but nevertheless, so for my seminars, um my goal is to have five minimum five minimum people to participate for those three days. And I do that because I like to give people what they need. I like to try to give as much one-on-one interaction. I I mean, these people have been watching my YouTube forever. They've gotten to know me. They want to spend time and get to know, you know, and get what I have here. And I don't have any problem sharing that. So I want to give people as much individualized time as I can, but... I am noticing that the the need for the seminars is increasing. People love the seminars. And so um, I've actually started training up some staff to actually start coming with me for the next round so that I can double up and, um, and they can help out in the field while I'm up actually teaching. So because, you know, people are working on their paperwork and they have a question and they're not sure what's going on. I can't stop the whole class to go over there and walk them through that part, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely need that um, that um help until yeah. AI comes, you know, aboard and the robots say, how can I help you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, you better stop because let me go on tour and I got a little robot with me. <laughs> a, a team.
0: Oh, it, it, it's coming. I, I, I try to, you know, stay ahead of the tech, and I love it. You're
1: the- right. You're you
0: right. Know, you know, so, if, you know, folks, enjoy your trips when you're going with her now because you may – AI doesn't need a lunch break, doesn't need a bathroom break, doesn't have any kids. It, I mean, I, I, I'll i refer a book to you, and you, you'll be blown away. Um, and it's not talking about what could happen. It's talking what's already yeah. happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no.
1: There's a, a program I'm in right now, and the mentor, uh, my mentor, she was like, all these different systems and all this different stuff you're using, we about to get you an online bot on your. We about to build something on your website that's just about to do all this for you. Because no, and I'm like, wow, like I, you know. But that's why you have mentors, like you just said. Your mentor, I'm your mentor, right? But not you, but whoever's watching. No, and, you can speak into existence. I, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's up down the line. Are you, <laughs> it's keep talking. <laughs> but you know, even I have a mentor too, and and I tell people. Let me tell you something. Why would you want to invest money in somebody that's not willing to invest money in themselves?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to say that again. Yeah. If I'm not willing to invest money in myself and my craft, then why would I expect you to give me money? So you better believe that I am constantly investing in myself. I'm constantly investing in my business. Um, you know, I don't shy away from those things because I know the return and I know my, what my clients get on the end. So anyway, I'm saying all that to say that my mentor who I use, she told me to similar to what you were saying, like you you need to get with it cuz this is where things are going and you need to be there too.
0: Yes, yes, and and if you run away from it, you'll be blockbuster. Yep. Some said, "Who?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, that's, that, that's, a, that's beautiful. So these tours, and, and I talked about too the maximum um, on our last round, what's the maximum right now you're comfortable, you know, having these tours, because I told you, I want these tours to go international, I, I gave you and, and sent you over, you know, some kind of clips, but I'm going to give you the full game, because I can see this going from the Caribbean to Africa and beyond. So what's the maximum right now that you're comfortable with?
1: the maximum right now that I'm comfortable with is 20 to 25. Um, and then, you know, after this year of doing that, I would see from there. But my goal is that I, I never want to scale too quickly because my, my customers in result is key to me. And making sure that my staff is trained up and they're going to provide service at a level that I would provide it is important to me. So I want to make sure that in transitioning that way, I am training up my staff. They are understanding things and how to do it, and that they're going to deliver in a way that I would deliver if I weren't there. Does that, you know what I mean?
0: Okay. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And when you did you, you you did your hands like this, and I said, "Oh yeah, we I, we, we got to show the nails on on this one because <laughs> I just have to. If you can
1: show them your nails, uh, so you- so we were talking about people using their money wisely.
0: Yes. Right yeah
1: talking about people using their money wisely and how someone would say and i get these calls all the time i really want to start a cna school but um you expensive you cost too much or you know i don't know if i want to invest in that i think i just want that part and not that part you know and to your point um look at me i'm i would i'm not gonna say i'm balling but i'm doing well do you see these nails they not done (laughs) Do you you know what I mean? Like I I'm not getting Starbucks every morning. I'm not why? Because all that money I'm investing into my business to watch it grow and flourish. All that time, those two hours every two weeks, getting my nails done, I could be making a thousand dollars in them two hours. You know, like I don't have time for that. Um, to me, it's important to invest in my business. And so I want to work with people that feel that way too. Cause if I'm gonna work with you for six to nine months. This business we building together for you better be fire. I don't have, you know, I'm not going to work hard for you and with you and you are not really giving it your all or you don't want to invest your money or you want to put money here and there and and do silliness with it, you know, um, because you don't want to invest it in your business. You know, we have to really be conscious about the way we're spending our money and how we invest it. And don't get me wrong. You know, I might have my nails done next week, but it's not a priority to me, you know?
0: Yeah you could have had them done right now and said, hey, that's, you know, in that two hours I had hooked them up or, you know, and, and that would be fine. It's just the, you can't say you don't have money when you do visit Starbucks, when you do have your eyelashes done every week, when you are watching every series in Netflix, which I talked about the meme co- saying it costs you $25,000 a year, not the $7 a month, um, you know, people think that it, it costs them. And it's the priorities. Like we're not unicorns. People will sometimes say, well, wait, your your business is Corona proof. I say, well, thank God I have a few things going on, but it's not that I'm a unicorn. It's that I'm kind of an addict and I'm an addict on this business. Mm-hmm. And, and business has to has to grow the same way your rims had to grow the same way yeah. you need 22s my business needed to get on 22s and so you know yeah. but that, that's that's just it, it's just your your mind frame of where you're you're at now how do you deal with I don't like to call it imposter syndrome, but that's where a lot of people will say, How do you know you're that good? And I tell people, because if I showed you my ledger, <laughs> if you if you talk to my CPA, um, the reason why I am number one consultant is because, you know, the money that I make for other people and, mm-hmm. and the way we partner, it's not just me, it's how we partner and what they need. But how do you get over? that how do i know i can help this person cuz not everybody's as dedicated as you are probably i would guess 99.9% of them aren't mm-hmm. right and how do you say i hope this wins and do you ever feel down if your business flopped after you know the first year which many do so it's not saying the person was totally wrong but sometimes right. business doesn't work out
1: No, for me, okay, so to answer that first question about how do I know that I'm good, I mean, I'm me. (laughs) I don't know how any other way to say that I am me. Nobody on this earth can be me. Um, Nobody on this earth can build the secret kato the way I've built it. So if you don't want to go with me, I'm okay with that. It probably just wasn't meant to be, but I'm hoping that wherever you do go, you are going to get the level of what you need. Um, And I'm hoping that you're not going to have to come back this way, which has happened many times, I will say. Um, but for the, for more or less the, the, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just okay with that. I'm good with knowing, and I'm comfortable in knowing what I can give and what I have to give. And I always have been because that's my spirit. That's my heart. And if you can't see it and you don't know it, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's always been me. But in terms of these businesses, you know, one of my main goals and my company, our main company goal is to help people get accredited right? Mm -hmm. And to help them get accredited when they go on and what they do in their business, I can't tell them what to do in their business. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. neither can you, unless they bring us on for constant consult. Now, if you bring me on for constant consult throughout your business and you listen to me throughout that time, then yes, if you fail or flop, I do feel partially responsibility for that. But if you don't bring me on and you don't want to re- you know, I mean, I'm reaching out to you, checking on you, seeing how you're doing, which I do with all my clients and you're telling me you're fine, you're fine, but really you're drowning. I can't be held responsible for that. So I don't feel, I mean, if, I mean, I haven't had a client yet that had to you know, close the doors and sell or whatever, but if I did and they never reached out to me, I can't feel sorry about that because that was a decision that they made on their own. I can't be responsible for that is what I mean. Not sorry. I can't be responsible,
0: you know? Well, if they sell, you might not be, you know, um, if you could be responsible, they could have sold for, you know, who knows uh, a million, 10 million. It just depends. So, awesome. you know, selling isn't the, the worst thing in the world. And can you talk about even, you know, how you sold your school, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how you, you know, you found your purpose in the teaching and building up, but, you know, talk about that.
1: Yeah. I think that, um first of all, every entrepreneurship endeavor i'm um, every entrepreneur has had more than one endeavor period um we that's just what we do and you learn each time from a situation right so for for me my very first um my very first endeavor was starting a cleaning business, <laughs> which I really don't even know why I did that. Um, to this day, it was just kind of like a, hey, I got a cleaning business. We're doing real well. Victoria, you should do it too. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay, I'll do it. You know, and it didn't go much of anywhere. I didn't want to clean. I didn't have a passion to clean other people's stuff. And I didn't have anybody in my network that wanted to do that. So it was a flop for me. But it awakened me to understand that you need to do something that you are passionate about. Not just something that you think is the trend. So please let that be a lesson to whoever's watching. Um, But next on the list was my CNA school. So then I went on to start my CNA school because, again, I wanted to give back to the community. I wanted to um, share with other people what I learned from becoming a CNA and how it changed my life. You know, again, going from 8 to 65 hours, I mean, that was big for me, and I wanted to share that. Um, but then as I was running that business, I got pregnant with my last daughter and with my last daughter, I became very sick, very ill and was on bed rest. And although I had secretary, I had a day instructor and I had a night instructor. My business was still not running at full capacity. Like it should. Why? Because I was like this, you know? And so that was a learning lesson for me because I should have empowered somebody else to understand how to run my business in the event that I can't. Um, So that's what I empower a lot of, I mean, not a lot, every last one of my clients that, oh, I want to do this. I want, I got it. I'm like, listen, you cannot be the janitor. Mm. You cannot be the instructor. You cannot be the financial advisor. You cannot be the marketer. You cannot be payroll. You cannot be receptionist. Do you need me to go on? You Mm. cannot be all those things in your business by yourself. You can't. And I learned that very quickly. And um, that's why I did start bringing people in. But yet still, I still didn't give knowledge on how to run my business to my husband or to a partner, to somebody. And when I wasn't there, it was drowning because of it. So I empower them. Hey, somebody else needs to know the ins and outs of your business. They have to. Because if you get an appendectomy, if you get a car accident, you end up in ICU from the flu, from COVID, whatever. You want your business to be there when you get back. (laughs) you know so um I learned from that experience and I passed that on to my clients also but um now again those two experiences brought me to where I am and how could I how else could I help other people open up CNA schools how else could I teach them what to do because I found what worked right for me and what not to do because I saw what 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 went wrong so how else could I've done that had I not had that experience
0: Yeah, I'm experienced, it's a great teacher, so that's, you you need that in life. With with that though, do you ever, and I know I, I, again, I asked you this, do you ever with the issues that are going on with, you know, lockdowns um, outside of the smart states like Georgia and Florida, uh, and to add Texas, um, do do you ever say, you know, ever feel guilty about wow I could be out there on the front lines you know have my hero badge um get all the applause you know th- does that ever just come through your head
1: no um and, and it only doesn't go through my head because of my own personal experiences um number one if i was out in new york or out wherever even here in georgia um working the front lines my business would be drowning and um, it would not do well. So I'm not, I can't see me giving up something I worked so hard for to be out there on the front lines. That's number one. But number two is I tried that kind of sort of anyway, very early on in COVID. Um, because to your point I mean we nurses we have hearing hearts and um, as I've already stated or you stated before I had a PRN um, job as a nurse practitioner so I went in maybe once a month just to keep my skills up to par and to get that patient um, interaction to fulfill that part of my nursing soul but I hadn't done it in a while and so when COVID came uh you know, the employer was calling me like, listen, we got all this going on. We really need help. Can you please come in? Can you please come in? And they kept calling me. And I'm like, fine, I'll come in. And I went in and three days later, I came down sick as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, sicker than I've ever been before. Um, horrible headaches, can't even take a shower because the filling of the water on my skin was just, I couldn't stand it. It hurt so bad. I'm talking about, I was down for the count. Um, and those two weeks, I spent in quarantine in our spare bedroom in my home, not being able to touch my kids. I have a two-year-old, I have an eight-year-old, and I have a 13-year-old. And I couldn't even kiss them, hug them goodnight, do anything for two weeks. Now, luckily, I came back COVID negative, but that was an experience, okay? I lived two weeks like I had it. Yeah, wow. So that was an experience, and I was like, you know what? My no my husband was like, "Uh, you're not going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that again. And um, you need to go sit down somewhere." And so that was awakening. Like, no, I do. A, a piece of me felt bad at first that I wasn't out there with them, but then and that kind of taught me: you need to be where doing what you're doing. You need to be, and and I can still support them from afar, you know. Mm. So I don't have to be on the front lines to support my fellow nurses. I support them by. Um, pushing forward legislation i'm a big for legislation for nurses and i always have been so i'm you know doing what i can at the capitol doing what i can with our nursing organizations to make sure that nurses get what they deserve in the midst of covid and then in addition to that i send care packages i do different things i can to support my nurses so i don't necessarily feel bad for being on the front lines because i was there and i saw what happened to me and i see what's happening to others and i'm not i'm good (laughs)
0: <laughs> and 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 it's nothing like experience this is not a movie this is real life no. so i i feel you i don't I, need I,
1: the, I don't need the hero badge i'm cool <laughs> i
0: know i know my wife and she's a physician and she told me oh wow they really need help out there in new york i said they're going to find it somewhere else unless we all can go and be rambo kids and all you know but yeah. that's yeah, it, it it it's it's a serious um thing. And with that, you know, I, I'm sure you get this probably daily, if not weekly. Is this the right time to open up a CNA school?
1: Oh, I love that question. You are right. I people are they book calls with me. So on my website, if people want to talk with me on my homepage, they can book a call. People are booking calls with me nonstop. are saying I have all this downtime I wanted to start a CNA school I've always thought about it now I have downtime to do it but is it the time and my answer to that is uh yeah now's the time now is the time and I'm not just saying it because I'm in this business I'm saying it because logically it makes so much sense and I'll explain to you why you can go to uh, the Bureau of Labor um, Statistics type in nurse aides and it's gonna tell you already before COVID, uh, there was a 39% increased need for CNAs moving forward because of the baby boomers. So there was already gonna be a shortage, number one. Now with COVID, there's gonna be a huge shortage because people are gonna get sick and die from this. I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. Healthcare providers are gonna get sick and die from this. Healthcare providers are gonna be fed up with what's going on and how they're being treated and they're gonna leave the profession and, you know, so there's going to be a need for refill. Uh, the next problem is there's a whole bunch of displaced workers. I can't tell you how many staffing agencies are calling me nonstop asking me, um, can I connect them with these CNA schools? Or can I help them start a CNA school because they want to train up their staff to become an essential worker? Because now people understand the importance of being an essential worker. If you are a maid, you do cleaning. If you are in hospitality, waiters and waitresses, and these are the type of agencies that are contacting me, that's not essential work. So now they have 600 plus employees with nothing to do with. So they want to send them to get this training, and we're going to see that for the next couple of years. I'm telling you now. So I'm getting my ducks in a row during COVID because I'm getting ready to get ready and prepared and get my team prepared for what's to come on building these CNA schools because they're going to be needed.
0: Oh wow! So you guys, you guys hear it. I mean, and you, you had told me before. You know, you don't have to have a background in healthcare, and only in I believe it was five states do they do a background check on the owner. So even if you've come out of a, you know, maybe you're on vacation for 10 years, getting your bachelor's, master's, and a PhD, maybe it was for 20, and you got some time served, you know who I'm talking about when I say it like that. You could own a business, and, you know, and if you have someone who might, you know, need some help, and you don't necessarily want them living on your couch, you create a business form and say, run with it the same way that you ran on the block or whatever your hustle mm-hmm. was. This is the time to get it. Man, Victoria, if you don't already, you're about to, you know, have a um, if not a Bentley, whatever your favorite car is, <laughs> staffing agents call. <laughs> you
1: gotta- Yes, staffing agencies have been calling me. It's crazy. Um but to your point, um, I had a, a gentleman out in Florida, young man. He started his CNA school when he was nineteen. Wow. No healthcare education at all, no, no education at all. And sometimes he says, like, I feel bad. I don't even have a degree, and I got this school. His school is doing wonderful things. Um, but he's like, you know, I, but he's an example of how you do not have to have healthcare background. You damn sure don't have to be a nurse, and anybody, literally fresh out of high school, can start a CNA school. You can. So that is a misconception. Uh, Two of my consult calls today were nurses, uh, but they were LPNs, and they were saying, oh, I'm an LPN, I don't think I can start this school. I'm like, girl, why not? LPN has nothing to do with it. Do you think the local community college is ran by a nurse that has the CNA program? No, that has nothing to do with it
0: or if the hospital is ran by a doctor, it's by somebody who might've got their MBA or got hooked up, whatever. And they're now telling the doctors what they can and can't do, yes. which never makes sense to me ever. Now with all, all the money talk, and I, I think once you said the 19 year old, my, my, my gear started going, you see online you know, and I love how the nurses and the healthcare professionals are all making it look good, beautiful. And, you know, everybody is Instagram glamorous, beautiful. But there's also, you know, you see people saying you're going to become a multimillionaire if you open up this school. And can you kind of, gear people and say, you know, if you're doing well, you're probably on your first school going to make X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. And then if you're really, really good, you could open up two or three or whatnot. But Mm -hmm. what type of income expectations should they, you know, expect?
1: Your income expectation has to be centered around your hustle. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I mean? Like, again, if you only just start a CNA school and you just have that one CNA school offering and it's just you and those students at that facility, then Mm. you're probably going to bring in a little bit under what you did as a nurse in a hospital. Mm. Okay. But if you aren't fearful and you walk in faith and pride and knowledge, knowing and trusting yourself, and you bring other people in and you have these other offerings and you're not afraid to put money in marketing, please let me say that. Okay. And you're not afraid to put money in marketing and you're not afraid to put money in marketing. (laughs) (laughs) You will blow up and you will do well and you'll be able to bring hundreds of thousands home annually. You know what I'm saying? But, um, that's another thing. A lot of nurses lack significantly lack the understanding of business and I was one of them for a long time and I'm still learning the game you know um, but understanding business and what that looks like is the only way you're going to be able to grow and scale um, so you've got you know so your earning potential is all right here it's yeah. all right here what your knowledge is what you understand what you're not afraid to do things like that I mean I had a nurse uh, we were doing, so I go live, I go live on Wednesdays for Wednesday Wisdom on my Facebook page. Um, and I went live and they were asking me questions. And one nurse said, well, Victoria, about how much should I be putting into um, ads, you know, for my business when I start my school? And I said, well, it really depends, but I would start at about five hundred. And they were, everybody was like, 500, ah, that's too much. You know, and another nurse is like, well, I only spend 100 on my ads. And I'm like, and how many people are you getting to enroll? Okay. Because let me explain something to you. You got to stop thinking like, oh, 500. Think about how much your tuition is. How Mm -hmm. much is your tuition? Okay. If your tuition is a thousand dollars per student and you do a $500 ad and you get I don't know, 20, 40 leads off of that. And then you think about those leads, how many actually convert. Okay. Let's say if you got three conversions, only three conversions. Okay. You just made $3,000 off of 500. Yeah. And you got 40 extra leads that you can keep cultivating and keep, you know, pampering and nurturing. That's going to end up probably buying from you later. But again, when you don't have that knowledge and you don't understand that 500, you know, it's just crazy. And I was like, 500 is on the low side. Wouldn't you agree?
0: You, you can tell when folks are new or if they've been in business and they don't want to spend any money, it's always looking like a bodega type store. And it's like, you could have changed your sign 10 years ago, but you said, I'm going to just paint over it myself. And, <laughs> and those are the folks we, we run from because... How is it that a new car, the average and 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 I've I, I don't this just I'm on the Dave Ramsey plan, so I like to just if I can afford it, I buy it, right? How can the average car payment be $554 a month? But when someone says for what's gonna help you make money, like you said, you're you're just oh, you're flabbergasted. You know, if you even your price. And they can go, you know, contact you and find out what that price is. But folks, I'm gonna tell you, your stimulus check is not going to get you what you want. Um, Victoria might be able to talk to you for a couple of hours. But if she's going to show you how to make a real full-time income, you're going to put some money down. And it's called an investment for a reason. And that's where people, I mean, I'm a consultant. People, when they don't get it, we start the conversation with sending paperwork. So I definitely agree with you because I don't even have a $500 package unless you want it to, you know, have a conversation. Because I love business, but Mm -hmm. I can't help your business if you're not willing to put the money in. And I know you ain't got it. And if you ain't got it, keep hustling. And that's what Victoria is saying. Keep building. She's not saying quit your job, pay me. She's saying even maybe someone else may be a good fit. But I have seen... And this kind of sometimes throws me off certain, you know, healthcare professionals in the new bins with the, you know, rhinestones everywhere. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's great that you got there, but let's not sell a dream that most people aren't going to put the work into. And, and, you know, in some of that stuff, I'm going to ask you, who's doing your PR and what are you paying them? And you're going to tell me 500. And I'm going to say, come on, man, you ain't got no publicist. <laughs> you don't have a publicist. You got some kid or somebody who was starving. So I definitely, you got to put money in the, the the business if you really have a business and you want it to grow. Um, you have I can,
1: to. You have to, and you can't be scared. I mean, I get that it's scary and you don't, you're not sure. None of us know what what the return's going to be. We don't. And there has been times I've done an ad and it didn't give me results, but you learn from it. And when you learn from it, you figure out a different way and you move forward. That's a part of entrepreneurship. Um, Think about, and I say it like this, think about when you get your hair done or your haircut, right? And you got this barber you always go to, and then something happens to your barber or your stylist. Well, guess what? You're going to have to spend money and play around with different barbers and stylists until you find the right one for you. That's just life. You can't go in there and say, do my hair for free. Let me see if I like you. No.
0: I got one better for you. It's certain parlors that some men go to, and you can't even get through the little glass door or where they peep through the window unless you got they two hundred. Now I don't attend places like that, but I like to. I like to get my feet rubbed, and so some folks again will pay. Hey, here's my two, and they might pay another two for whatever they're through, but they won't want to pay. 500 for something that can make them more, you know, parlor visits. So I, I don't, when people don't want to spend money, I know that they're not clients we want to deal with.
1: Right. And they're not ready or something. I don't know. Yeah. But
0: Yeah. Can you inspire um, even more and give like a special message? And I always, I'm going to say to the women, because I know they're women. I can't go into detail or they'll know I'll be talking about them. Right. They'll know. <laughs> hey, he's talking about me. Um, but the women who want to start this business, but their spouse isn't on board. And a lot of that is because they're worried that she's going to bring in more money than him or have, you know, bigger dreams. Can you talk about ways maybe to get over that?
1: Woo. This, okay. So this sounds like a topic we had. Um, I had to do a show on Facebook also called nursing the business. And one of our um, topics was, you know, you're an entrepreneur, but your spouse isn't. And how do you deal with it? Mm -hmm. So, um, and so this kind of goes hand in hand, but I will say for me, I have, I I personally now am not going through that situation. I have in the past. And for me, I mean, that's just a flag. Like if that's your, if this is your dream that you want to own a business and you want to move forward with growing it, you have to have somebody that's supportive, period. Because they have to understand like, Dealing with an entrepreneur, you have to understand. I don't know how to explain it, but there's just a certain, like, like for instance, I, I mean, the past few nights I've been up to like four in the morning, just trying to get things straightened away and cleared away. Like I said, so we can, when COVID is over, we can push the go button. You know, um, you have to be with somebody that understands that if they are, they don't want to understand that they want what they want. They're afraid that you're going to, like you said, blow up and, and now they're going to be in the dust and you know, whatever you're going to have to reevaluate that situation i'm sorry because it's going to be a a choice of them or your business and i'm sorry but i'm not i'm not trying to say it like that but you have to do your business for the rest of your life that's how you're going to get your bread and butter how you're going to survive and if you're going to be with somebody that's going to prevent survival for you that's a discussion you need to have within like are you willing to do that let's think about how that sounds And, and and talking about sound
0: you know, I know in our first round, w- the one thing that I, I really uh, loved about seeing your stuff when my wife introduced me to to you, because she she brings me all my my great stuff in healthcare. It's like, oh look at look at this, look at that. What do you think? Um, what about the 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 sound of how they tried to train you in nursing school? I just love that story. Oh yeah. You are, uh, 50- <laughs> you. And I know when people see you, and I had told you, you said you look like you might be kind of tall. And it might be like, wow, look at that woman right there. But then when they hear you, and you're, you know, being you just with your tone that in many nursing circles, you can't sound like that, because you need to sound what they call professional, which Mm -hmm. I find that to be disrespectful, because you're saying that somebody's tone naturally even if it's a southern twang or, you know, right. hillbilly twang, that's how they talk. And maybe it's you who have the problem, you know, but can you talk about that transition of how they try to have you talk this way and then going back into the hood? Give give the folks, I can't let them leave, let you leave without telling that story.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, throughout nursing school, I think it's because When they know when we leave nursing school, we're going to go out into a field where our superiors have, you know, a certain level of training, they have a certain level of expectation, they have a certain level of whatever you want to call it, and we're going to have to interact with them daily. So I'm assuming that the reason for our hazing, (laughs) as I like to call it, through nursing school is to prepare us for that. But but yeah, definitely through nursing school, it was like, you got to, you know, hold your head up high, you've got to put this persona on, you've got to be able to speak and say things in, in a manner that, you know, uh, physicians and whatever else can understand and blah, blah, blah. And And so that I kind of left like out of nursing school feeling like, Okay, I have to I have to think twice before I say anything. I've got to really think deep about how I'm going to position this and how I'm going to say it. And it, after four years of that kind of training, it really does change the way you behave. So I'll never forget, and I didn't share this last time, but I'll never forget at my graduation. Um, you know, my childhood friends they came to my graduation for my um, for when I got my degree. And afterwards, one of my best friend from childhood came to me, and she was like. Yo, you, I don't know who you are, but you're different. Like, you're not my friend. And, you know, you're not the person I grew up with. And it was hurtful, but Mm -hmm. I get now where she was coming from. And now she gets now where I was coming from, too. You know, like now that we're older, we both get it. But it was kind of like, yeah, I've grown and I've changed, but it was for the good. But there were a few things that, like, okay, well, who are you? I've lost some of my sense of identity, I guess is what you can say. And so now in entrepreneurship, I feel like I've found it back. You know, I don't have to worry about when I go to work, how to say what I'm going to say and if someone's going to be offended by it or, um, you know, my hair, you know, maybe my hair, I can't come to work with braids. I really want to get my hair braided because I'm about to go on this trip, but I can't do that because when I go to work, they're going to look at me, she got braids. You know, there's all just the whole dynamic there. And um, then when I became a nurse practitioner, it was like on a whole nother level, really, because as a nurse practitioner, I was the first female of color in my practice as a nurse practitioner. And I was the first nurse practitioner. I was the the first of everything. I was the first nurse practitioner. I was the first female of color in that practice. And so um, it was different. It was very different.
0: And through the YouTube, I know you say you you caught your voice and 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 found your voice and i and I love to hear that because for somebody who has million plus YouTube accounts and you know even sixty thousand YouTube accounts or whatever the number is, your channel might not have a million, might not have a hundred thousand, but that you're making a full-time living. And that's something that I probably talk about every week and say how powerful your YouTube can be. Oh my God. You, you know,
1: and that yeah, because, you're not waiting for Google you-
0: to send you a check.
1: Right. Right. Because people connect with you, like, and I, and that's why I know, and that's when I was able to, like I said, find myself and actually feel comfortable in being who I am. And that allows my audience, it allows my clients to connect with me personally, because I'm not sitting there like some little perfect robot and, you know, I'm just being me. I'm just talking, explaining what I've been through, you know, trying to explain to them how to do things and, and they connect with me because I am me and Actually, um, I've gotten, I've more recently just received a partnership with a company called NP Hub because of that, because they see my YouTube presence. They see my presence on Facebook and how I interact with my clients and how my followers interact with me. And that led them to come to me like, listen, we really would love for you to be an instructor on our platform. Let's talk about how we can collaborate. And, and, you know, now I've, Put that deal together, and that's residual income. Now, I put that whole deal together, and now I just sit back and get I, check.
0: I can see it. You guys are going to see her, you know, public speaking, the TED talks, doing <laughs> all all that good stuff. I, I can see it like a movie. So it's clear vision. Um, that's why the red frames are so so unique. It allows me to see things, you know. Uh, <laughs> I love it. In, in, into the the future, can you? So we don't give the people a game overload. Can you tell what the people, what your community give back is that you're doing or that you want to do in the future?
1: Okay, um, right now my community give back and I've always, I guess I've always thought about the community and ways I can give back because that's why I am where I am. Because I was the young, yeah, believe, believe it or not, okay. Believe it or not, don't let the light skin fool y'all. <laughs> I grew up in the hood, hood. Um, and I'm talking about if it wasn't for a lot of people who just saw something in me and believed in me, that I wouldn't be where I am today, so, and although those opportunities were far and few in between, okay, but because people saw something in me, and they believed in me, is why I'm even where I am. So with that being said, I want to be able to find another little young Victoria out there. And because I've always wanted to find another young Victoria out there and help her get to where I am today, I started a nonprofit organization called New Beginnings Career Center. So New Beginnings Career Center was founded back in 2015. And we started off with just interviewing and uh, prep skills and and resume writing to help people get jobs. Because to me, like I grew up, my mom, uh, my mom was killed when I was 15 so i had to grow up on my own literally i had my own place my own everything and i found my way on accident like nobody showed me how to do things and so with new beginnings i wanted to be able to show people how to do things so that they didn't have to bump their head and they didn't have to find out the hard way so we help people that were in situations like me understand hey when you go to an interview this is how you look When you go to interview, this is what you need to say. You got to play the game. You know, when you, your resume, this is the way it should look and just helping them. And then I ended up bringing the CNA school about. So the CNA school came underneath New Beginnings Career Center. So um, right now, New Beginnings Career Center, we operate in a totally different way now. So New Beginnings Career Center, I guess, is following my lifestyle, my life's path. And now um, we give back by um helping young girls understand how to enter entrepreneurship so last year was the first time i um, pushed forward the initiative and we do a week-long camp where we show uh, young girls how to become entrepreneurs we teach them how to write resumes I'm sorry, business plans. We teach them how to write their business plan. We teach them how to develop a product or service. We help them actually develop it, help them build partnerships. And on the very last day of uh, camp, they actually go out into the community and we set up for the community to come. And they set up like kind of like a a supermarket style, a flea market style, swamp meat style, where they're selling, they're learning how to negotiate. They're learning um, how to advertise, all of that. Um, And the young girls, they love it. They make money. Uh, Last time, one couple of girls, they made $150 through everything that they sold. And they were so excited about that. So, and I love doing that. So, and it's a free camp for the girls. It's a free camp. I think uh, the only thing we really had the parents pay for was, I think, like $5 a day for food, you know, to make sure that they can eat. But the whole camp itself was for free. And how do I do that? I go out in the community and I solicit funding, you know, I I do what I can to in my network to try to get people to put money in and whatever they can't put in, I put in the rest. Because I think it's really important that um, young girls can see what their potential could be. And so, you know, young women like myself come in who are entrepreneurs and teach them and mentor them throughout that week so that they can understand and see themselves in someone else and know that that's a possibility. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, growing up, I didn't see any female entrepreneurs. I didn't even know what the word entrepreneurship meant until I was almost out of college. Sadly enough, I didn't understand any of that. So I think um, instilling this in them young, and again, these are elementary age kids, instilling this in them young is important.
0: And I hope that the lockdown, um, you know, whatever vaccines, whatever come out, come out quickly so you can do that. Because when you had told me that, I was like, and you do it in the hood. I'm going to call it the hood, yeah. the underserved. Yeah. I said, I want, I, I actually send, I sent my oldest two things like that mm-hmm. Um, in neighborhoods like that, mm-hmm. because I know that given this life, they won't see what you can see in the hood. Like, yeah. with, and, and the lessons you can learn and the things you can be like, okay, that street smart, you need yeah. that. So I was like, hold on, we'll be in Florida by the next time she does that. Let me see if she's doing that and take a seat. I don't need anyone to sponsor them, but put them right there, go to the <laughs> Airbnb, and hey, come home at night. What'd you guys learn? Um, because no, I you're think-
1: right. You're right. Because, um, and let me tell you, when when a lot of nurses and stuff were seeing what I was doing, oh, can you come to Alabama and do this? Can you, can you do it a week here? And I would love to. I hope that I can get to the point where I can take that camp uh, elsewhere, but you're right. So like my eight year old, it, it was big for her because you're right. My eight year old is not never going to live the life that I lived ever. And that's I feel like it's a good thing. But sometimes I do feel like it's a bad thing because I want her to see and understand how to thrive. You know, what I'm saying in those type of situations, just like you said. So it's perfect. It's perfect for me to be in this opportunity uh, in this position to place her in these opportunities.
0: And it never hurts to so learn how to fight, learn how to jump a fence. When people are running, you just start running. Oh, yeah. it, it, it it never hurts to 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 learn these things. So you know, you, I I remember T D Jakes had preached, He said, you know, you, you give all the kid things, you give your kids all the things that you wanted, but you didn't give them what they need and what you had. And I I have to having girls, I have to put that in them. I mean, they do jujitsu, they do swimming, they do these things for survival, not necessarily for fun. Cheerleading, right. I-, I would never. Uh, you ain't gonna be cheer- cheering who? Have them cheer you. Uh, but
1: that's that's like a daddy.
0: Yeah. So no, that that's a beautiful thing. And I don't want to give the folks a game overload, like I say. So I thank you for coming
1: on. No, thank you so much for having me. But, but can I say one more thing before you, yes, yes. before we go? Um, because this is something that was mentioned last time. I want to make sure we mention it this time. I don't think I did. Um, I want to give a quick PSA to any nurse that may be watching this. Please, nurses, we need to find our rightful place within ownership for healthcare services in the United States. We have to find our rightful place. Healthcare will never get to where it needs to be without us, without us leading it. That's what I really believe. And so, and what do I mean? I mean, nurses owning CNA schools. I mean, nurses owning RN schools. I mean, nurses owning um, hospitals. Yes, a nurse can own a hospital and long-term care facilities. We need to be the ones Owning these facilities because we have the vision, we have the know-it-all, and we can see the big picture. So um, I'm really calling for all nurses to really consider partnering together and figuring out how we can come together to see the bigger picture to help healthcare in America.
0: And that's real talk. You guys have gotten the game. I want you to make sure you like, share, share it with somebody who. Jeez. This. They need the encouragement. We know that stuff is not falling off the trees. So, you know, give this to somebody so they can make the next steps. Maybe you even want to sponsor them. But Victoria, thank you for coming on. I'm going to be greedy and take two minutes of your time after this. But so you guys got to go. Um, or we got to go. Either way, be blessed. Peace. Thank you.